Hey everyone, and welcome to this special For the Kudos live show episode we recorded late last month for Hoka. I was joined by Riley Wolf as co-host for our second ever live recording out of Up There Athletics to celebrate the launch of Hoka's new Clifton 9 running shoe. We were joined by special guest Kane Corns to hear all about his epic 725km run from Adelaide to Melbourne, raising money and awareness for the My Room Children's Cancer Charity. The three of us discussed what we were most looking forward to in 2023's World of Running. Um, we also did a bit of a Q&A, uh, super entertaining. Kane is a very professional guy, um, but yeah, super interested in running, so it was great chatting to those two. Super passionate. Um, I'd also like to take this time now while I'm here speaking in this room by myself with no Brett. Um, it's a bit of a strange one doing these solo recordings. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to announce that Riley Wolf is actually part of Grattan House now. Um, he's officially joined us last month. Um, bit of background, both Brett and myself have used Riley as a sounding board for the duration pretty much of our, of our first year um, on the airways. And, you know, we're both super excited to have him on board in a more professional capacity now. Um, Riley, obviously, for those who don't know, super, super skillful guy, um, in the sort of, you know, marketing, professional communication sort of space, super passionate about running, knows his stuff. Um, yeah, so we're all going to be working together for 2023 and beyond, um, to grow Grattan House as big as possible. It's, uh, pretty much that's a really professional way of saying Brett and I just needed some professional help. How many times am I going to say professional? Far out. In other news, Brett and I are back from our well-deserved holiday um, with season four kicking off tomorrow night. Uh, I should also say sorry to everyone who believed that I was going to Fiji and New Caledonia. Um, I was absolutely taking the piss and I heard from a bunch of listeners and some of the athletes that I coach and friends that listen and stuff and they were shooting me messages saying, when are you going? When are you, uh, or, or when did you come back? How was your trip? Um, so that was a bit embarrassing. I think I was just a little too dry with the delivery of that one. So no, I didn't go away anywhere. And uh, yeah, enjoy this episode. Super good one. Thanks again to Hoka for putting on such an amazing night. Um, yeah, it was super exciting. Can't wait for the next one. Enjoy, guys. Thank you, Chloe. All right, guys, welcome to this special episode of For The Kudos, special live show event. Thank you to Hoka for putting this on for us. Um, kicking straight off, I'm your host, Joel, and I'm here with... Um, don't make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, tonight, uh, for the FTK fans out there who would know, usually I'm hosted with Brett Robinson... Uh, yesterday, he just made the uh, Australian team for the World Cross Country Championships, which are in Bathurst next month. Um, so he's doing a course recon up at Bathurst. So um, yeah, here with Riley. So Big I'll, shoes to fill, right? I'm the next best option. Yeah. That's it. And with me in the middle there is Kane Corns. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast and was just listening on the plane over from Adelaide. I feel like I know you, but it's the first time we've met <laughs> you and I've certainly seen uh, your stuff. Riley's phenomenal um, photographer and, and a massive running fan as well. So it's a thrill to be here with you and um, I'm really passionate about the brand Hoka who um, I started working with maybe halfway through last year um, and they are just absolutely brilliant. So to Sally and the team, um, thanks for having us at this pretty epic event. It is an epic event, Kane. Um, obviously, most people here would know who you are, Melbourne big footy 
footy uh, city. But I will give you a quick intro for the millions of listeners that will be listening to this next month. Um, Kane Corns, 300 games for Port Adelaide between 2001 and 2015. Um, you sort of got struck into the, into the running world news last year when you ran from Adelaide to Melbourne... 725Ks, raising money and awareness for the My Room Children's Cancer Charity, which is a cause working towards a cure for childhood cancers. Um, You averaged five hours a day uh, running 66Ks a day over the 12 days. Hectic. We did, yeah. And when you (laughs) you look back on it, it's like, thank God I made it. Because it was was rough there for a while. And um, I actually had a coffee with with Sal and and Hayley from Hoka in the lead up. And they'd had a couple of athletes that had tried similar things and inadvertently shared some horror stories that maybe they struggled to make it to the finish line. So I was thinking, oh my God, have I bitten off more than I can chew? But had an awesome team, um, was really passionate about the charity that we raised money for and Everyone came along for the ride and then um, so much support and ended up raising 400000 which was just sort of blew me away. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Obviously, played footy for a long time, but to do that for a cause that you're passionate about and you meet the kids and the families that are affected by childhood cancer, there's nothing too much worse than that. So it was an inspiration to, to meet them and, and that's part of the reason which why we did make it to the finish line. And, yeah, it was one of the more proud moments to, to run into the Channel 9 studios on TV and, and, and make it to the finish line. So, yeah, it was a big year last year. It was good. Um, Kane, when we... Like, a lot of people here and, and listening will be familiar with sort of, um, you know, marathon training or half marathon training or whatever, right? And we, we know that in training, let's say if you're training for a marathon, you might do a 36K long run. So you've always got that little bit that's left to the unknown, yeah. left to race day. You had to run 700-odd kilometres. <laughs> how, how much of it could you sort of prep for in the lead-up and train for, and how much was just kind of, geez, I hope this works out? Well, it's a, it's a really good question, and I, you couldn't prepare for it. I, I run a lot. Like, I probably, I don't know, I did 7,400 Ks last year, which is about, I don't know, it's about 20 Ks a day. So I you've, run, got, you've got Joel by about 6,000? <laughs> yeah, he's always, killing me. He's always injured or sick. It's still, <laughs> still clean me up. Don't worry about that, um, whatever state he's in. But So you couldn't really prepare for it. So, um, yeah, I, I was coming off about 150 Ks a week but then you're trying to do 725 in two weeks. So do the maths on that and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that easy to prepare for. And then you don't know, like I've had, as all runners have had, and runners in the room and triathletes in the room, you get injuries all the time. So one, yeah. one broken bone, day to it and you're done. And then that was sort of the worst nightmare to... Did to you have ma- any injuries? No, I, I did. Well, but they all nothing, came after the 12 days. Well, nothing that, was, <laughs> nothing that was going to stop you like my... I sent a picture to my doctor on like day three, my whole like foot just blew up and I was like, is this serious? And he's like, no, no, it's just like tendonitis, you'll be right to carry on, strap it up. <laughs> you'll be right. And then, your, and then my back went and I'm not getting, I'm not that, you know, I'm getting a bit older. So then your back goes and you're like, oh, is it enough to stop you? And it, nothing was. But I, I said to my old man who was following it pretty closely, I said, one more day, I don't think I could have done um, one more day. But now I'm sort of over that stage and thinking, what's next? So... Sure. Might need to. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on right oh, now. Well, then, and then there's other people like Ned Brockman and others that have done. Um, there's a there's a lady that's just done 150 marathons. Yeah. In I think, 150 I think days, she's so. she's arri- arriving at the tan pretty much right now. Yeah, yeah. So like humans are amazing. Like they do crazy stuff all the time. Um, 
When you put it in that perspective, you, you probably need to step up. I mean, those... Exactly right. <laughs> I know. I, well, I, but then there's like family and it's a full-time... Like if it was a full-time job, you'd do some crazy stuff. I'd love to do that, but... You do have to work and pay the bills and look after the kids and, uh, and that's do why all that. I only run so, like 50k yeah, a week. Yeah, time's the issue. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Can we? Um, I'm fascinated by food. Can we talk to us a little bit about? So for those 12 days, because yeah. because and Joel gets this a lot on the podcast is, oh, what are you eating the lead up? What are you eating? The, like everything's about nutrition. A lot of the questions sure. these guys get. Talk us through those 12 days of eating. What were you sort of going through? So I had, um, I had Dan, who was the official cameraman. He works for Channel 9. And he, he had, we had the best team. Like I had a security man, Mark, who was driving um, this big motorhome. I had a motorhome and two Mercedes vans. And I had Dylan, who's an oste- osteopath, who was looking after the body. I had Matt, who was his head of sport at Channel 9. He was sort of liaising everything and the sort of the brains behind the whole thing. And then Dan was in the back, but his job was to sit in the back of a Mercedes, which didn't have a seat, is basically sitting on the floor with the boot open, filming all day for, for TV and social and to raise awareness for, for that. But he was also the- His super- job's harder than yours, I think. Is that, it was, <laughs> honestly, he had this little cushion and he was strapped in with a harness and filming with this, these cameras aren't light, like filming all day. But he played the role of nutritionist as well. And he's, from the first hour we started, he said, you're not eating enough. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not eating it. He said, you're not, you're not eating enough. So he started handing me the gels. Then it was the snakes. Then it was the pretzels. Then it was Coke. Then it was Pepsi Max. And I was quite pedantic at the start about what I was eating. By day eight or nine, it was anything. Like yeah. a- anything go. The, the best thing you can have at about the 55K mark of day 10 is a Coke. Like it was un... Coke and a Chico roll. Unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> if, I need, if I had like 10Ks to go and I was struggling, get Black Death into you and you, yeah. you're away. For just, sure. Honestly, it's <laughs> rocket. Death. And I hadn't drunk Coke for 15 years, like since school. And it was the best it's stuff like ever. Car. I don't advise that day to day but if you're ever taking on something extreme or a marathon or something get a coke into you but i ate like i usually watch what i eat but it was any it was palmies it was pizza it was lollies it was chocolate. you're just trying to get as much cal- was, you know, yeah, calories and he, in and he as kept possible. showing me these photos he's like you're losing weight I'm, like, I'm not losing weight i can see your ribs you're losing weight he was just onto it so that was good like that was fun like i've never ever just let myself go like that so it was awesome yeah there you go. Well, we'll uh, we're going to get into an interview a bit later with you and go a bit deeper. But we um, thought we'd start off the show by going into our favourite things or the things we're most looking forward to in yeah. the running space in 2023. Obviously, it's just January now. What are you thinking about, Riley? Um, well, now I'm thinking about the possibilities of having Chico rolls during marathons. It wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't on my list before. It was, and Coke. Um, uh, when I think about road running for this year, I'm super excited about um, kind of, not the emergence, because it's not new, it's been around, but the emergence of the Sydney Marathon. Um, we, we've Going heard all the buzz Abbott. about it being a, an Abbott World Marathon major. Tony which, Abbott. Yeah, Tony <laughs> Abbott, Uncle Tony, thank you, <laughs> Uncle Tony. I don't know why he's in charge of the World Majors, but whatever. I appreciate it, though. Um, but that's, that's like massive for Australian running, and that could be a generational change in Australian running, right? Like, there are six World Marathon majors to have the seventh, here and what that means for us in terms of participation, what that means about having the world's best athletes come and run in Sydney every year, you know, exposure on a global scale is really exciting. But then I think about what that means for like our running community of of amateur runners. And it's like, we've kind of had this year mapped out for the last X number of years, right? Gold Coast in July, Melbourne in October, 
and that's what I, I think apart it's always from, has been right yeah yeah and so but now even I look at it and I think well I want to experience that Sydney course what's that like you know previously I probably wouldn't have but now if it's going to be a world major I want to say that I've run on the same courses you know they're talking about trying to get Kipchoge for 2024 and so I think the emergence of Sydney as a really viable destination marathon for Australians kind of changes the landscape in marathoning a little bit and I think um, the organisers of Gold Coast and Melbourne will both be thinking about like what that means for participation and elite entries in their races and stuff like that so um, do you know what marathons Sydney is going up against to compete uh, vaguely yeah so there's a there's a marathon in China and there's one in South Africa yeah um, make of that what you will yeah I, uh, but yeah I, I think um, I, I it's pretty it's, much down to just Numbers, right? It's yeah, like, you know, uh, how, how well the race is put on. Elite, a certain amount of elites have to go there and race, but then the, the whole thing is just getting as many recreational runners entering into the marathon. And yeah, then, so uh, yeah. Th there is a bunch of criteria that the marathons have to fulfil, and so they have to have a certain number of athletes at a certain standard. So that's why even uh, last year in September you saw a heap more really, really fast top-end marathoners than you've seen in Sydney before. But there's, there's um, requirements around prize money, um, numbers of elites, elites from different regions as well. Like, there's got to be representation from different corners of the world. And then a lot of it comes down to mass participation. Yeah. Um, there was something a few years ago where I think it was Abu Dhabi and Dubai were both trying to become world marathon majors and they were throwing millions of dollars out in prize money and they had the fastest guys in the world, but there was no mass participation. They couldn't get 10,000 people to run their marathon. You need to have, you know, New York and London and Boston have 40, 50,000. Yeah. So the challenge for Sydney will be, where do we get those people? Where do we get 30,000? You know, participation, I've got no idea, but it would have been... There's like 2,000 here, people here tonight that should do it. Oh, well, I mean, and there's another 200,000 <laughs> listeners, right? They could all just come and run. Um, no, but so that'll be the interesting thing for them is where do they find those people? You doing it, Kane? Well, Tom, what stage of the year is it? September. Mid-September. Do you, do you do anything in September? Yeah, it might, <laughs> might, be, might be a bit of a challenge. Um, then that's why Melbourne's always been... I love Melbourne, like such a brilliant marathon. So anyway, what are you excited about? Um, I reckon it's got to be the World Cross Country Championships, which are coming up in about a month's time in Bathurst. So that is, again, what I was just mentioning. That's why Brett isn't here tonight, because he's just been selected in the team. Um, but this is the first time a world, well, it's the first time there's been a world cross country championships in Australia, but it's also uh, the first time any sort of world athletics championship has been in Australia. Um, so the caliber of athletes we're talking, we're talking the absolute best of the best. You know, for the guys, um, Joshua Chepter guy, he's the 5,000 and 10,000 meter um, world record holder. Latessenbet G'day in the women's, she won the 10,000 meters at the world champs last year. And like, People do not realise how fast these guys are. We've got some amazing Aussies running, but in the distance stuff, like, you know, Jack Rayner, Brett Robinson, they've just been selected in the team last year for the guys. We've got Rose Davies um, in the women's. Uh, but these these people are another, like, step above, and it's like, no, they've never... They don't ever really race on Australian soil. So I think, you know, for people, if, if you know, there's no, no reason why people in Melbourne shouldn't be just flying up there to go watch. Um, and also, it's the first time they are putting on, it's a really interesting thing, called the Golden Ticket Race. This is insane if you haven't yeah, heard about this. Pretty pretty whack. Um, there's, there's a race, so the World Championships are on the Sunday in Bathurst, 
And on the Saturday, there's a mass participation recreational event, recreational running event, um, that anyone can enter. And the seven, the top seven men and women in that will then get given a golden ticket to then race in the world champs. So, like, so, one of you guys here could just get beaten by, you know, chapter guy by 30 minutes in the 10K. So it's like you could... It's, it's the equivalent of, like, going to your park run, winning your park run or finishing top seven, and they say, cool, tomorrow you're in the world champs. <laughs> It's a bit of Charlie in the Chocolate Factory about exactly it. Exactly right. But is, it, is someone who's just missed out on selection, say, say the seventh fastest female who's just missed selection, are they likely to turn up? Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, you know, I, my health's been a bit sort of all over the place, um, so I wasn't able to do the, the trial race yesterday in, Can in Canberra. And then I was sort of thinking, well, shit, should I go do that? Yeah. You know? um, and there's a lot of other people that just missed out yesterday who should, you know, fast guys and, and girls trying to do that. But um, the, th the trouble is backing up because you've got to do that on the Saturday, get your ticket, and then you've got to race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to be close to Latess and Bent or Joshua anyway, but... But you, you could be, you know, every time there's a major on, there's that one person who, like, leads, leads yeah. for the first 300 <laughs> metres in, like, a chicken suit. Like or London Marathon, the guy you <laughs> saw. Yeah. Insane. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely what I'm, I'm looking forward to, so I'm hoping to get up there and watch that. And, you know, mainly supporting the Aussies. We've also got the relay. Um, it's the, is it the first time they've t done the relay? I'm pretty, pretty sure it is. Should have fact-checked that one, but we don't do that at FTK. Um... There, it's a 2K relay uh, mixed, so I think it goes guy, girl, guy, girl, each running 2Ks. Um, and for all of you, I don't know if you guys know how fast our Australian middle distance runners are, but you know, we've got Stuart McSwain, we've got Ollie Hoare, um, we've got Jess Hull, you know, it's, it's going to be absolutely insane. Abby Corwell, third at uh, the 1500 metres in Con Games last year. I reckon we can get a gold medal, which is absolutely insane against those African nations. Um, but yeah, so. What about you, Kane? What are you looking forward to? Well, I think it's a, a great time um, for Australian athletics. Uh, and it doesn't get the media coverage that it should. Um, and you know, part of my role in the media is, tr is to try and raise as much awareness as I can for it. I, if I'm ever doing a show on SEN and, and something significant ha happens, I'll try and get these amazing athletes on because I just know how hard they train. Like, for not a lot of reward. Like, you could be the 800th best footballer in the country and earn probably more than the second best Australian middle distance runner, which is, you know, which is pretty insane when you think We've about it. We've never complained about that on the podcast. That's, well, that's, that's, that's sport, right? And that's not, that's not exclusive just to athletics. There's many other sports that suffer from that as well. Um, but it's a, it's a golden time. So, look, the Olympics 2024, it's going to come around quickly because of the delay for COVID for 2020, 2021. And I'd love to know who's going to get the female mar marathon spots. Um, so I'm not sure if qualification is open for Australia yet. It's certainly open for the world standard, and it's pretty tough, like about 226 high for, for, for the ladies. And we've got a number of ladies capable of doing that, but there's probably seven that you could roll off the top One's of your One's already tongue. taken the spot. Yeah, so we've so got Sinead Diver and Brett Robinson are actually locked in for the marathon. And so they should be. So they've just, if you're not aware, anyone who listens to the podcast would be, but um, for those in the room, Sinead Diver, uh, probably my favourite Australian athlete right now, just ran 221 to, to break a, a long-standing record in the yeah, marathon. Just, just nudging out Joel as your favourite athlete. <laughs> Which is... <yeah. laughs> And Pat Lipinski, who's here in the room, a great Collingwood player as well. Um, so, yeah, she's... She's just a freak, like, and one of the best people you'll meet. So 
she's got a spot and then there's not many spots left. So if it's you know, 2024, the qualifying period, you'd probably want to get a good marathon on the board pretty soon, I reckon. I know um, Jess Stenson's doing Boston and a top five there will put her in a pretty good position, but the field's stacked. So she'll want to post a good time and Ellie Passionley's coming back from, from having a, a child. Lisa Waitman's a gun. Millie Clark, I'm not sure what she's up to at the moment. Izzy Batdoll's just debuted in the marathon. So there's yeah, seven or eight. So much depth. Amazing ladies running at the moment that are all terrific ambassadors for their sport and you know, it's a prize spot in the Olympics. I think it's it's they, they won, obviously. Um, so I'm excited to see who gets it. And for I reckon sure. we'll probably have a pretty good idea by the end of this year, obviously. Another cool thing to note is that because Sinead Diver and Brett Robinson have the automatic spots, they're not worried about Olympic selection now. So... I reckon we're going to see the Aussie records go even lower because yeah. they can just go out, you know, guns blazing in these in these races um, in the next, you know, 18 months, see how low the, the marathon record can go. Yeah, I think the thing that I love about, and I'm you know, a lover of running, but the thing I love about the marathon is you've got to nail a couple of things, right? And you've done marathons and you know... And, and I you're, actually coach you're Riley, in, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, you, let's, let's move on. <laughs> So maybe he hasn't done what I'm about to explain, but you've, you've got to nail your training, right? And it's not... He did that. It's not a... It's <laughs> just not writing a week. this down. Like, you can't just go for two good runs and then go, all right, I'm ready. Like, it's 12, 14 yeah. weeks, perhaps longer. And sometimes you need six marathons to nail it. So it's not just your first one. So the time and the commitment that it takes. So that's the first part. You've got to nail your training. And then you've got to nail your race plan. And yeah. what, don't look at me. And, uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk and, about. Uh, and, and you can't hide. Like in a game of footy, you can play a terrible game. Like I, I played in this final once, and I, I kept falling over. I had the wrong boots on, and I had seven possessions, and it was the worst game of footy I've ever played. And I was embarrassed to go outside and show my face for a week after. But we still won. Yeah. You can't do that in a marathon. So if you get that wrong. Um, you're not going to have a good result. So that's what I love about it. There's no hiding and it takes a, a lot of commitment. You can't just turn up and run a three-hour marathon. There's actually some work that has to go into to doing that. Oh, I wanted to ask about um, your experiences as a runner versus as a footballer, right? So uh, 234 PB, you know, on the surface, they're very different sports in terms of one's very team-based, yeah. very competitive. It's a zero-sum game every week, right? It's we win or we lose. Marathon training and, and, and even running a marathon for 99.9% .9 of us is not about did we win the marathon, right? It's, a, it's against yourself. Mm. So it's not so much of a competitive. Um, how do you find the motivation for marathon training versus I imagine when you're in a footy club environment, that motivation is easy to get because it's right there every single week. Yeah, it's a, it's, you, you've nailed uh, both aspects of it. It's just a complete battle against yourself because, like... I would never be able to go to the Olympics, right? So some people would say, why are you, why are you spending 11 hours running a week? Like, you're not going to the Olympics. Like, so it's just a genuine, running makes me feel good, right? So if I, if I wake up in the morning and I don't go for my run, I know I'm going to feel ordinary at one o'clock in the afternoon. And if I don't go for my three o'clock run in the afternoon, I know I'm going to feel ordinary at seven o'clock that night. So running... So you're doubling every day. Yeah, I run twice every day. Um, Shit. It's, it, it's meant... <laughs> like, it's just mental health. Like, it's, you know, I think we all have struggles at times from different degrees with your, with your mental health. And it's running for me is, is about that. It's about moving. Um, you know, it's just getting outside, it's getting in the sun. It's the challenge of if it's really windy or wet or freezing or super hot like it's been in Adelaide the last couple of days. It's 
all right, I'm not taking a shortcut here. Now, I don't know if that's just the, the athlete in you that never goes um, and that's, that's the drive that you, you've got. But I feel like if I lost that, you lose something and I just know I feel ordinary. So for me, and everyone's different, everyone exercises and does stuff for different reasons, but for me, it just makes me feel good. So that's the only motivation I really need and then to try and sort of defy age and, and still be able to improve, um, yeah. that's another challenge. Um, we're here, obviously, thanks to Hoka, so I might throw in a little Hoka segue. Yes. What are you? What What's your training? What are your training wheels looking like at the moment? What are you What are you wearing day in day out? Well, I've got an arsenal of Hokas. I've got a, I've got a lovely um, cupboard full, and it's it's amazing. Like you can choose your shoes on on how you feel. So my my favourite shoes, and I was saying to Sal from from Hoka before, uh, is the Clifton Clifton Eights. Now, can I say that what we're wearing at the moment? I think I can because this is coming out. Don't ask me. <laughs> uh, Do it. Yes. Confidently. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm wearing a new version of the Cliftons, and they're—I haven't run in these yet. The first time I've, I've worn them, but the the originals or the ones that I've had literally got me from Adelaide to Melbourne because what they are is really light but cushiony, so you feel like you're running on clouds, and it's light, but you've still got enough support if you're doing long distance. So any of my runs from sort of four-minute k's to 440s will be in the Cliftons, but they're also really good for a, a long run as well because they're quite light and responsive. So they're great, but if you want a bit of pop, um, the Carbons uh, are awesome. And then there's the Rocket X if you really want to um, go fast or you know sort of get under three minute K pace. I saw um, there's a few there's a few different Hocus floating around tonight. I saw some Mac Fives earlier as well. Awesome as well, uh, yeah. So just a good um, similar to the Cliftons, but perhaps if you're just going a little bit quicker for me, that's that's how I sort of use it. So if I was going for like a tempo run, I might not want to change shoes. I might want to do 20 minutes easy, you know, 20 minutes at tempo, 20 minute cool down. They're probably the shoe I'd wear. But there's thousands like there's they're they're just unbelievable and the technology like the ones I'm wearing now. The stack height's improved, sorry, got, got larger already, but you don't get the weight with it. So you can see the stack's quite significant, but they're lighter, which, so I'm not quite sure how they've done that. And sorry for the plug, but they hug the feet really well as well. Something Pretty they, comfortable. Yeah. Something they've done with the tongue, but also the heel, which sort of locks your foot in. So was that a good sell? It's genuine. I'm, I'm like, sold. I, it's genuine, like, it's the, the, you gotta try them. Yeah, they're great. Um, you did, uh, we were talking about your love of running just before. Um, a question I want to know, and I sort of want to know this about a lot of football players. Um, when you, obviously, how old were you when you like started playing footy? Oh, from as long as, yeah, as five, long, five, five or six, remember, yeah, right? yeah. So has that love of running always been there? Because I've like got some mates that play footy and stuff and they hate running. They hate it, don't right? they? <laughs> but it's like for you, was it this thing where, you know, footy was always the focus, then you, once you retired, then you found a love of running? Or is it, was it something that you, your love of running always carried through um, your whole career? No, I wasn't, I didn't do any athletics or anything at school or anything like that. But mum, mum did two marathons and I it's my memories of, as a child is her training really hard for these marathons and we used to get out on the bike, I'd be in front, my brother would be behind and mum would be in the middle and she'd do it after work. So I was up Anzac Highway. If you've ever gone from sort of Glenelg to the city in um, Adelaide, that's the road you, you run up and it's not, it's just a highway. Like it's yeah. pretty, so it's, this is pretty, she's pretty dedicated here. And then she, she, she ran like a 314 and I just thought this, I was working and I was like, that is so fast. Like, I was so proud of her, like, it was unbelievable. So from that moment I thought I always wanted to do a marathon and I wanted to beat mum. 
So then, yeah, so, but it was always in the back of my head. He couldn't well, 234 do 234 PB, you smashed yeah, it. Yeah, then I smashed it. So <laughs> take that. No, no. Um, but you couldn't do it when you're playing footy, but I did love, like, the time trial. And I, I was going to ask I that. loved pre-season. Like, footy players hate the time trial. Like, it's in your peak, were you one of the fittest, fastest? Yeah, but it wasn't fast. Like, so we did yeah. a 3K, yeah. and I think I was, like, 9-12, which is good for a recreational – or good for a footballer, but – Damn good, you know, yeah. Like, the, the elite Aussies would beat me by three minutes. Like, so it's... Um, They're also, like, a lot, a lot lighter. Well, that, well that's, a, that's the thing. That, so, yeah. but, but I, I loved the time trial, and I loved that trying to beat the guy uh, and beat your time. Yeah. And then when the game started, I always just get a little bit flat because the pressure of trying to play well pre-season was awesome because you're in the sun, you get fit, uh, and you don't have to play on the weekend and play well and get a kick, and you don't have the media talking about you which is what i do now ironically so um yeah so the, the 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 love wasn't there until probably um i finished can can joel um flip it you know kane's talking about how you know quick he was able to run relative for a footballer how do you think you'd go in a practice match on the weekend <laughs> i was so good at football my sister's actually here in the crowd you can ask her later it's like i was i, I could have made afl i had all the clubs looking at me but i chose running <laughs> That's been a really wise decision. <laughs> well, that's the like that's the, the the AFL athletes are so well rounded. Like, yeah, they're just so it's you know you got a bench press you know one fifty and probably not that much, but it, the midfielders are huge. Like they're six foot three and they weigh a hundred now. Some of them, um, you're down on the ground, you're up, you're tackling, you're kicking, you're jumping, you're bumping, you walk for a bit, then you sprint. So I, I really admire the modern AFL player as well for how powerful and how strong they are. So all Brent Robinson has to do is and bloody run. Yeah, One and, then you've, the and then you've got to kick the ball as well. Like, and Running and is such that. a small brain sport. <laughs> <laughs> and Robbo's really good at it. <laughs> Jack Rayner? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I think we need to wrap up soon, but I need to get this question out because it was on our sheet. What does fly, human fly mean to you, Kane? Yeah, I had a, th- I had a thought about this. I, I think it... Um, I think the brand for me is, this is the, it's a great catch cry as well. Like when I did the run from Adelaide to Melbourne, you know, you, you tag any of your social stuff with that and it really does captivate people because it means different things to different people. So I think that means fly human fly for me means the brand's there to support you in whatever way you want to be supported. So if you're just a, if you're a walker, if you're a 5K walker three times a week, Hoka's awesome, right? If you go to the gym and do F45, there'll be a Hoka for you and, and that will mean, what that means for you is getting up and going to the gym and that could be a social thing. Or if you want to do stupid stuff like run from Adelaide to Melbourne, Fly Human Fly, Hoka will be there to support you on that as well. So for me, that's probably what it means and that's the thing, that's like kind of why I'm pretty passionate about the brand is I got a pair for Dad and he's just like, he's 75 he's a three-time golfer a week. And that's probably as much exercise as he'll do, but he loves them because he's walking 18 holes three times a week in his hokers. My brother's like a gym junkie. Like, he hits the gym hard. And he loves them because they're quite explosive for him in his gym work. And then I'm a, a skinny runner who, who loves them as well. So um, that's probably to answer your question. Yeah, cool. I, I like that. I like the thing about it being different for, for everybody. And that's like... 
come back to running, right? Like we all run for different yeah. reasons. For Joel, it's a career. For you, it's, you know, it's, it's about, yeah, and it's about sort of keeping active after, you know, your first athletics career. For everybody, it's about, it's about self-exploration or mindfulness or whatever it is. So I love that kind of time. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Kane. And um, I think that's, we're going to end on that note. Thank you so much, Riley, for filling in Brett's, uh, Brett's spot. And Thank if you don't listen to the podcast, download it because these guys are, I was, I was just saying, they're, they're genuinely entertaining. I don't pump up their tyres too much, but you don't, have to, you don't have to be a running fan. Uh, he'll make some terrible jokes, but <laughs> they're pretty funny for being in a dad joke kind of way. <laughs> no, but they're awesome. They're entertaining and it's, it's amazing content and they, you know, they do it for the passion of the sport. So for the kudos, uh, give it a listen. Thank you so much. And I also just wanted to end on a uh, shout out to our audio engineer, Lachlan Duffy here, who's helped out on his 29th birthday today. So thank you, Lachie. That's a wrap. Thank you. Thanks, guys.